At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana, coming to you from the Freedom Doc Studios. I am your host, Christopher Havick, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for the 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have a desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American healthcare. When we talk about being a podcast for 99% of people who get care in America, the vast majority of these people, to a certain age group, are on Medicare plans. To me, Medicare is a maze and there's all kinds of parts and all kinds of things that you can add on, you can buy, and there are certain things that are mandatory. But then if you're still working, you get to delay a lot of those things. And so we just chose not to work with a lot of these plans in our Freedom Health Works day-to-day life. Today on our episode, please welcome Al Kushner, author of the book, Virtual Medicare, 10 Costly Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make, to really help educate me on what it means to be enrolled in Medicare, different tricks, different tips for getting the best out of it. Al, welcome to Healthcare Americana. It's great to be talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for the opportunity. Now, I obviously, I am not a Medicare enrollee. And when anybody asks me, what about, what should I do about Medicare part A, B, C, D, E, F, all the way through triple Z, I think is is what they're up to these days. I'm being facetious. I, I in my world just doesn't involve it. And from what I see, you know, from a day-to-day business standpoint, we're trying to get patients and we're trying to get them the best type of insurance plans, all that kind of stuff. There's just I, I don't know where to start. So my you know, question to you, and you know, bringing here for this conversation is one of your one of the things you talk about is real easy Medicare. What do you mean by real easy Medicare? Well, I mean to understand Medicare in a way that it's user friendly. You know, you you're reading the information when everybody receives a book, Medicare and You, which is kind of a standard book from the government. It's a very thick book, like 300 pages long, and it really doesn't really comprehend well. So I created a book that makes it more user-friendly. So it gets to the point that are people's concerns about, you know, when it comes to penalties, when it comes to when exactly do you subscribe to Medicare? Is it automatic? You know, I answer all these questions in my book and help to create information so people can make informed choices. That's really what it's all about. Well, so go diving into, you know, say, hey, I answer all these questions in my book. So what are the answers to some of those questions you can share with our listeners? Well, I think people need to understand is when are they eligible for Medicare? And a lot of times they're confused and they have to be very proactive when it comes to that. Because if you don't, there could be penalties and that could be lifetime if you don't actively, um, you know, subscribe to Medicare if you're eligible. So these things, I address that in the book. Uh, and generally, it's three months before your 65th birthday, 
one month during your 65th birthday and three months afterwards is when you have the time to subscribe to Medicare. And I think that's important that people understand that is procrastination. That's really what it's all about. People are just not used to doing things, so they need to really be proactive. And the first thing they should do is go to the website uh, with Social Security and register so you can uh, be up to date on these type of issues that come up before your 65th birthday so you can be aware of you know, what to do. Sure, sure. There's a lot of people who you get this mindset. You've probably heard this a lot that it's like, hey, Chris, I'm turning 65 next year, so I don't even have to worry about this stuff anymore. And they almost look at Medicare as hey, I'm, I'm about to be on easy street. All my wishes and desires are going to be taken care of. Is that reality? No, that's far from the truth. Uh, there are uh, expenses associated with that, particularly Part B, which they have to pay for. Currently, right now, it's $164.50 a month. And if they're eligible for Part A, generally that's free. But again, uh, it also depends on income. Some people who have a high earners, that Part B premium could be as high as uh, $500 a month. So it just depends on the circumstances. And those who are continuing to work may decide to uh, delay Part B, but again, it does require certain requirements. I would say that if you're working for an employer with 20 or more lives that are greater, then they are eligible to delay that Part B process because they're covered by their group plan. But if they're under, then they don't have a choice. They must get on board. Do you think that does a service to the average American citizen to make that mandatory? Well, I mean, certainly the, the savings are substantial, I would say. And it's also important to look at the group plans that are being offered if they're working for an employer, because sometimes there may be high deductibles, there may be out-of-pocket expenses that Medicare would cover. You know, So that's something that they need to really sit down and review that to make sure that they're getting the best possibility when they're eligible. So that's important to review the plans. And uh, don't think they know it all. You know, don't kind of go on the internet and try to do it yourself. You know, there are people like me who can do it for you and there's no cost. So you might as well take advantage of it, you know, and I've been doing it for three decades. So you have options and want to work with an expert. That's the way to do it. I guess I asked that question. I'm always weary of mandatory government programs. And I think they've done a great marketing job of saying, hey, this is great. Like you join this program and then everything, you save a ton of money. And that's where I'm trying to think like, is that is that actually better for most people when they have this automatic enrollment versus giving people a choice? Well, I think what's important to note is is the cost associated with medical expenses. The cost of hospitalization or doctors are are very expensive. And these people may have pre-existing conditions and such that they may be paying a lot of money. I know I have a client who's paying close to $1,000 a month, and she's thrilled that she can bring her cost down to 164 for Part B and get things that she never had before, like dental and optical care. I mean, these are great features that are uh, expenses that they would normally understand. But again, they need to review you know, their options and see which are the best plans for that individual. It, it all varies. As far as resources go, because again, you know, when I think about Medicare, how many parts of Medicare are there right now? Currently, there are four parts altogether. You have Part A, which is your hospitalization. You have Part B, which are your doctors. Part C, which is the Medicare Advantage plans, which we can go into. And then there's Part D, is your prescription drugs. So if you are electing to just go with Medicare only, you must uh, get a Part D plan, which is a prescription drug plan. That is uh, required. And if you don't, there will be penalties associated with that. So that's important to be uh, active about that. 
Now, when we look at the entire industry of healthcare, last time I looked, it was around 60, 65% of people are on some type of Medicare plan or Medicaid plan anyway. So it's a, it's a big part of just the industry in general. What always baffles me is that, you know, the government is in Washington or federal government is sitting in Washington doing this one size fits all pricing for pretty much everybody out there. And then the commercial industry comes in and kind of ties percentages of what the government says it is. And it's changing all the time. I, I guess my question to you, you know, being in Medicare day in, day out, how sustainable is this? Because we look at other other things that say, hey, Medicare is going to be bankrupt in less than 10 years. Is that true? What should we actually believe? Well, uh, Medicare has been around uh, since 1965. And what I see is that there are a lot of politicians don't want to really touch that topic altogether because, I mean, the voting power is with a lot of seniors, you know, and you're taking away an entitlement that is very important before that time period, I mean, you know, the cost of doctors and hospitals are very expensive prohibitively. So this is a, an important entitlement that uh, Americans should uh, take advantage of if they're eligible. Is it going to stick around, though? I think that's the big question. <laughs> no one has a crystal ball, I don't know what to say, but I would say if the voting population has anything to say about it, they're not going to be uh, too keen on anyone running for office and saying they're going to get rid of Medicare. I mean, look at Joe Biden. I mean, what is he, 80 years old? I mean, sure, he has a great plan, and uh, but not everybody has all the presidential perks of, of his health insurance. Right. So, But he is certainly aware of the fact that um, you know seniors are, are a group that is um, active, and they are also important to uh, take care of their health. And that's why they need plans like this to help them continue their uh, quality of life. Al, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back. We're going to dive in a little bit more on how you got into this and if there's ways where we could potentially keep Medicare going, extend it uh, for future generations. So quick break here. Message from our sponsor, Freedom Doc. Physician burnout is a killer. It is driving our best and brightest out of medicine. The only solution to burnout is to be your own boss. The easiest way to be your own boss is to join the Freedom Doc Physician Network. Freedom Doc will fully finance your practice so you can enjoy a healthier lifestyle, take better care of patients, and spend more time with your family. You focus on patients, Freedom Doc focuses on your business. So if you're ready to be your own boss, visit our website, freedomdoc.care, to learn more and schedule a consultation with one of our experts. Freedom Doc, accessible concierge healthcare. We're talking with Al Kushner, author of the book, Virtual Medicare, 10 Costly Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make. Before the break, we're talking kind of a general, what is Medicare? How long is it going to be around? How's the kind of inner workings of that? I do want to touch upon, you know, your book from the virtual standpoint. Did you see any need to write this book before the COVID-19 pandemic where a lot of virtual health care started to come to the spotlight? Well, I knew there was a growing need for it because of covid it really uh, addressed the issue of what do people do if they don't want to go to a doctor's office because of the possibility of being, you know, contaminated. And Medicare, I believe, recognized this, and they approved of uh, telehealth and telemedicine as a way to handle that type of situation. I think that was really a good thing in, in a sense because a lot of people may be in rural areas or a lot of people who have pre-existing conditions and don't want to go to a doctor's office, it gives them a choice. And I think that really is great for people to understand of the option of that choice. But there are certain caveats with virtual care. 
particularly it's not for everyone and it doesn't really address all the issues. So it's more of about, you know, better than nothing, but obviously it's always good to be, you know, with a doctor in their office because you can certainly, you know, examine them much greater in that sense, but at least gives an option. And I think that's good, particularly with those who have pre-existing conditions and that could be uh, important uh, to be exposed. And I address that issue in my book. A lot of people view virtual care as a replacement for going to the doctor. And I totally agree with what you just said, that it's a great supplement for accessibility to be able to communicate with your physician. From your standpoint, are we seeing interest in virtual care continue to increase, level off, or decline from what we saw back in 2020? Well, I think that people are um, very pro uh, for this type of uh, treatment because it certainly saves a lot of time. It's convenience. I don't think it'll replace, you know, people who need to go in for physicals, but certainly supplement, absolutely. And I think it's definitely going to grow as more people become aware of the potential that it could help them, you know, which is awesome. I think that's a great opportunity. Al, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your motivation. You mentioned that you've been in the industry for about three decades now. What led you into becoming an expert uh, in helping people out navigate Medicare? Well, I understood that when I saw, and even in my family, people who have been uh, dealing with the healthcare system, that there are a lot of challenges of not understanding their options. And I realized that, you know, if I can educate people about their options, they can make informed choices. And that's really why I created the book for that purpose, so they can understand that there are plenty of possibilities to save money and avoid penalties. And um, that's kind of what motivated me, you know, just to become an educator and help people. And that's rewarding in that sense. I was very happy to be part of that. So, you know, kind of the motivation to go out there, help people. Again, I want you, I know we made a joke, hey, nobody has a, has a crystal ball about this, but I am assuming that you have some opinions on how to make Medicare more user-friendly, more, you know, just better off for everybody to be able to use it, take advantage of, you know, this thing, this perk of being a U.S. citizen, so to speak. What are some of your ideas on how to improve Medicare? Well, I would probably think that there needs to be a way to help educate people. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, particularly with a lot of the companies and advertising. And, and people get overwhelmed, to be honest with you. You know, they're, you know, when they're approaching 65, they're inundated with a lot of mail and a lot of telephone calls and so much information overload that it really is no one that they could turn to for that. So they need to kind of really, you know, the government needs to be more proactive and kind of curtailing what's out there with these companies that are preying on people who don't know any better and really to, you know, create fines and levy penalties for those companies who abuse it because a lot of people out there who are not being taken care of because they don't understand. So I think that needs to be addressed because it's important to get what they're entitled to and make sure that they do the right plan available for them. And from a from a larger sense, you know, the Medicare program is rife with abuse too. We read about hospital systems that get just a little slap slap on the wrists for filing egregious claims, trying to milk dollars out of the system. And then, you know, to your point, it's it's ultimately the patients that will lose in that standpoint, and ultimately the taxpayers of the United States that lose in that. You know, I, I'm just curious, you know, when you talk to people, why do you think so many hospitals, so many different health systems target Medicare to, I'm going to say abuse and, and file, you know, false claims? 
Well, I mean, it's just about greed. I mean, let's look at what it is. I mean, big corporations are looking for the opportunities. Um, Medicare really doesn't have a system in place to kind of police every person that goes out there. So it's really a challenge, I would think, because the fact that there's so much opportunities for abuse that they need to really kind of be proactive in dealing with those individuals who take advantage of the opportunities that are available for them. So they need to really be, um, you know, just take advantage of um, their resources. You know, Medicare is a great program. I think everyone who's eligible should understand that they have options that are available and be able to uh, seek help uh, for those who are qualified to provide them with information to help them make informed decisions. That's really what it boils down to. Absolutely. Informed decisions, education, cornerstone of any program, any decision we make, right? We don't walk into our local department store without having some type of idea of what we're going to go out and buy. But when it comes to healthcare, we just throw that to the wind and say, oh, I guess we'll we'll go in and, and just do the first thing that comes to mind or the first thing that's recommended to us. Al, I want to ask you, what is the number one piece of advice when you say, when you talk to somebody who is approaching Medicare age, what's that number one thing you tell them to watch out for? Don't procrastinate because 65 can creep up on you real fast. And before you know it, you're going to have to make a decision. So try to do this at least months beforehand and seek out information so you don't have to be in a situation where it's your last month and you got to make a decision how to do it. Because there may be penalties if you don't do anything. And a lot of people don't, you know, they in a situation that they're like, you know, they're not going to do anything about it and they'll just let it go and they'll have penalties that could be lifetime. And that really is, is, is key. So procrastination, I would say, is the biggest challenge I find with people who are turning 65 and whether they're going to do something about it. They have to make a decision. Don't wait to the last minute. Al, last question for you. If you had the director of Medicare, director of CMS on the phone, what would you tell that person? I would say that if you can make people understand their options that are available to them, and try to become more accessible. It shouldn't be just a thick book that you send out in the mail and expect people to read it. You know, it's just not the case. So try to make other methods available, like maybe videos. You know, I have a a YouTube channel that I offer informational videos available on, as well as um, TikTok videos. These are things that people are used to doing. You know, they're sitting behind a TV all day long. I mean, if they're sitting there. So maybe provide other forms of communication that can be reached besides of just a booklet, you know, because that really is going to make sense and, and help people uh, to understand better through that options uh, that are available. Use all media they can. I, I think uh, this particular age demographic is the fastest user of YouTube, Facebook, you know, any of the social media companies out there. So I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Al Kushner, author of the book, Virtual Care, 10 Costly Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make. Al, thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana to walk through what it means to actually be a part and join Medicare. Thank you. Glad to be here. That's going to do it for this episode of Healthcare Americana. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com to catch previous episodes. Subscribe to our mailing list and visit our fantastic online store, Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all of our episodes. Visit the shop and learn more about the podcast. 
Healthcare Americana is produced and managed by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.